0: home castle or cabin y'all have things you want to get done it's rosie on the house why yes it is we've got the doors thrown wide open at rosie on the house we're here for you the arizona homeowner with my son and co-host Romy romero my wife sweet jennifer our call screener if you'd like to join the conversation, the number is one 767 4348 And we're here in this hour to answer any question you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Any project you're trying to tackle, give us a ring. And let's see if we can't put our years of experience here in Arizona building and remodeling homes to work for you. Our engineer, Gary D., will make sure the beam to the satellite is adjusted just right so you get a nice, clear signal. And when you phone in, your voice will travel through the phone box to the satellite, back to us. I'll answer. It'll go back to the satellite, right back to your home. And in all of that, it travels about 56,000 miles. And we do that in less than three quarters of one second delay. Unbelievable. That's just one of the unbelievable things we get done here at Rosie On Nows. So if you've got a project, maybe you're soliciting some bids, you've collected a few proposals. Maybe it's a project you're trying to tackle yourself. Any questions about any of that? Maybe something is developing at your house, a crack here, a crack there, a moisture stain here, a moisture stain there. And you've got questions. Now's your chance with open lines to get in. 18-767-4348. Okay, for those of you not in the APS service area, uh, I don't want to I don't want to belabor this too much, but APS is the largest power provider in the state. The sweeping changes they made to their rate structure, which now has been fully implemented, you have all been flipped, as far as I know. I think as as far as May first. You've all been flipped into the new rate. Yes. We We, were. You've been flipped.
1: uh, Well, and the good thing is I thought we had longer than that. And I'm one of those people that uh, I didn't jump to it. I was waiting. I was holding out as long as possible. I thought we had to like June or July. But uh, I knew the daylight was. But on my last bill, I saw it. And luckily, the rate that Steve kept said I needed to go on is what they put me on. Good. So I was glad about that because if I understand right, you can't just call up and switch. You, there's well, like a time frame.
0: Right. You, you have one year to make a, one change, and it takes a little bit of study to know which one is right. And we, in our preliminary indications based on the on the computer APS had placed on the website, were really horrified at what the new rates could possibly do to all of the army of homeowners that we've turned into super cool fans. And early indications say it isn't going to be as bad as we thought. It was actually a malfunction in the computer APS had on the website where it wasn't changing the data on your demand to the new hourly rate. So it wasn't taking into account that extra hour, seven to eight, and that extra hour, noon to three, four hours now that have shifted. So it would have been a complicated task to do. We're just glad it's not what we thought. So what I want you all to do in the APS service area, take a look at your bill. And take the total kilowatt consume. It's up in the upper right-hand corner of your bill. Amount of electricity you used. There's a sentence that says total electricity you used in KWH, kilowatt hours. Take that number and divide it by your total bill. You can still get a month of power. For under $0.11 cents a kilowatt. We didn't think that was going to be possible. But it takes a stringent adherence to managing your demand. And you have to be on the Savers Choice Max plan. But you, if you do that, if you go to that plan, and you don't manage your demand, whoo, baby, you're going to be slapped seven ways to sideways. You have to be very careful. So this is when a lot of you opt to let a computer that gets mounted on your house do the work. And it's a demand limiter, energy audit, automation. And if you can keep your demand low, Super cooling is not dead. The only bummer is you gotta wait till eight o'clock at night. And we're just beginning. We did to have the kids asleep by night <laughs> we, we are just beginning to touch the hotter weather. So you're I think you're gonna get an indication how aggravating that one hour is mm. over the next 30 days.
1: You know. I will say... I understand why they did it, but... And and I will say, at least in the summertime, our days are determined by how much light we have. It's when we're doing chores outside, it's when we're feeding the animals, it's while we're playing in the lawn. And in the summer, it's not often for us to come in. You know, we usually come in at dark. And at least... (laughs) At least that's closer, if not past that 8 o'clock at some point.
0: Well, if... If y'all have questions on that, and it still seems to be a a very hot topic, and I think it's going to become a pretty hot topic over the course of the next 30 days as people are receiving their first bills experiencing hot weather, Uh, stay in touch with us. If If you're one of those careful consumers that have followed our guidance over the years, We'd love for you to be a participant in sending us the data you see. We're particularly interested in what your May and June bill is compared to your May and June bill of last year. All right? Hey, we've got our first call. We've got open lines. If you'd like to jump on, the number is one 767 I'm just opening the topic of the open line hour with that particular uh, piece of information because it is the still the number one piece of information people are inquiring at Rosie on the House about. But it's open line. Anything you'd like to talk about. And Tim just couldn't wait for the show to start this Saturday morning so he could call us from Tucson to talk about his sewer line. This is going to be so exciting.
2: <laughs> uh, it, it is exciting. <laughs> uh, I, uh, my house was built in uh in 1958 and i have i'm pretty sure i have the original sewer line i bought the house uh, 10 years ago okay so um i have to get up there and and get the snake out like once or twice a year and uh, i I had a company come in and and give me a price on replacing the uh, digging it all up and replacing the line but i see these commercials on tv where it looks like they put in some type of liner and uh, i just wondering uh, what do you what do you think of those and uh, i don't know what the cost difference is i just wonder what your thoughts on that was
0: well the, the the cost difference isn't as big as you would think but it's much less invasive they're doing a lot less i mean to replace the sewer lines in your house i literally have to come in your home lift every toilet and saw cut the floor and start from floor level and any place that sewer line goes, I have to remove the concrete and replace it or I have to find all the plumbing and get to an outside wall and retrench around the outside of the house. One way or another, I've got to, you know, recreate the entire sewer line and and that's expensive and it's very invasive. The liner system is much less invasive, but it's it's still pricey and you must. Um, the pipe it, has to be good enough. I, I mean, that's the key. You've got to get the camera in there, and you've got to be convinced that there isn't any area that's collapsed or deteriorated to the point where that liner is going to create a permanent constriction that's going to cause you bigger problems down the road. There's a third option, which is called out the- of house. That's the fourth option. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. (laughs) Third option is the pipe bursting method, where we only saw cut in your home in a couple places. And then we find where your sewer line goes, and we literally pull a new sewer line in exactly that same trench, bursting the old pipe to pieces as we force this new pipe through. That's a bit less expensive, and it's giving you an entire new pipe that'll last another 50 or 60 years. They say the liners will last that long. I don't think they've been around that long to really do a test of it, but it, but you, you really have those two options, and um, three options, complete. Traditional, conventional replacement, horribly invasive. You virtually have to move out of the house. It, it the the cost for it has to include all new floor covering in the areas that we've had to saw cut. Um, we we generally don't do that unless we're in the midst of a whole house remodel. And then you've got the liner method, and then you've got the pipe bursting method. Now, those are your three. And I would get. I would get an estimate for all three from a specialist in each of those areas before I decided to do any of it. And the one I would be the most skeptical of just because of my, my nature would be the liner system. Man, I, w- I would, I would want to see that video myself, and I'd really want to take a look at it. And then I'd put some kind of warranty on it, like, I want to see the video when we're done, too.
1: You know, and and that old of a home and that old of a pipe, you know, the, the liner's great at install to know that you're putting in at least a 100, your piping system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, for those of you that want to go shopping here soon, I'm telling you, the place you've got to go if you're shopping vehicles right now is Sanderson Ford. Because they're celebrating their 63rd anniversary on 64 acres. That's as big as Disneyland. They've got the entire lot filled with new and used gorgeous Ford vehicles. And in their biggest sale ever in their 63 years, they're giving you a $500 gift card. They're giving you a big screen TV, you know, and vehicle discounts you just can't believe so for every new ford vehicle it's either a 500 dollars gift card or a big screen tv goes out the door in the back seat of your new vehicle only at sanderson ford i'm proud to say the only place i've bought a vehicle in the last 25 years <laughs> Oh, that sounds so good. I love the just rhythm of this song. It's it's not a very uplifting when you really listen to the lyrics. Just like... There's so many songs
3: that have this great melody, and then when you listen to the lyrics, it's like, gosh, that's so
0: depressing. I know. I know. I used to have this favorite song that I would always put on the boat when we were water skiing with the kids. What was that? And one of our kids finally asked us, I said, Dad, have you ever listened to the words of that song? I said, no, I, never.
3: There, there's a Billy Joel song I absolutely love called Summer Highland Falls. It's a gorgeous, beautiful piano melody. And then uh, he was on an interview one day talking about the song, and he says, "You know, people love that song, but it's all about depression." <laughs> Thanks hey, a
1: lot. Hey, here's something not depressing: the Diamondback season, and we have tickets to oh, May 16th game.
3: Yeah. Hot, hot team in the NL.
1: Yes. During this segment of the broadcast, you have till the end of this segment. Anyone that gets the correct answer, text into four one one nine two three will. Uh, We'll get all the right answers, pull them aside, and then select at random a winner there. And then we match it against our database to make sure that you haven't been a winner within the last 12 months to make sure the same people aren't getting the same tickets over and over. We've had a few sneak in. But uh, in our home maintenance calendar, and the bottom, there's a picture of a live broadcast. Who is in that picture with us? You can, if you don't have a home maintenance calendar, you can see that at Rosieonthehouse.com under Homeowner Resources. Right there, you'll see Calendar. Click on it, Uh, enlarge May, select May, and you can scroll down to the bottom left. We're live at Sanderson Ford. Who is with us in that picture? It's another uh, radio program that was live on site with us. Text that answer to four one one nine two three, and you'll be going to the Diamondbacks. Close out the series with the Brewers on May 16th. We've got a little conflict. Our newsletter said uh, 7 p.m., but I'm on the Major League Baseball's website, and it says 12 p.m. So, but
0: they do agree it's the 16th so you're going on wednesday (laughs) very good very good nice diamondback tickets playing some good baseball this year we've got cameron rusty tony and keith all on hold right now roman why don't we get to cameron see how we can help mr cameron out here just a little bit calling from beautiful queen creek arizona good morning cameron hey guys good morning hey what are you up to how can we help you my friend
3: so we just bought a, a custom home built in 2000, and we're doing a lot of renovations on it. One of the things that bothered us when we originally were, you know, purchasing it was that it backed up to uh, Chandler Heights. So not a huge uh, major throughfare, but busy enough to where we hear the noise. So in my head right now, my thought is there's, there's a row of oleanders that back up to on our side of the, of the property that back up to the, the concrete block wall. My thought was to do a um, you know, redwood fence, but uh, put some of this acoustic reduction uh, material on the, on the road side of that fence, and then do another row of ro- oleanders. Just want to get your thoughts on what you think for noise reduction, basically.
0: Well, noise is energy that moves in a wave, and every time you ask that wave to pass through dissimilar materials, it has to change its basic form. Every time it changes its form, it loses its energy. So passing through the oleanders is requiring it to change about three different forms, airspace, leave, branch, airspace, leave, branch. It's constantly losing its energy through that. The fence will be another area. It will lose energy. But I will tell you, those are all uh, pretty passive ways that are going to reduce the noise a bit, but and and it's going to help in and about the yard. But if you're trying to quiet the house down, I want you to go to a website called Magnetite. Magnatite. It is an acrylic storm window that attaches magnetically to the outside of your windows that you would put on the windows facing Chandler Heights. You won't believe how much quieter the inside of your house becomes they used to have a distributor here in arizona they don't anymore we've recommended the website to a couple people they actually have a do-it-yourself dimension to that website where you can phone them give them the mentions and pictures of your window they send you the kit and you install it yourself The only time we recommend triple glazed windows is in these specific applications when you're trying to kill the noise. Triple glaze doesn't buy you any return on investment for energy savings on the floor of the desert, but it goes a lot to stop the noise in your house. So the fence is a great idea. The oleanders are a great idea. Another layer of oleanders is a great idea. You're eating up backyard space there. You might want to try just ordering these magnetite magnetic overlays. You can't ventilate the windows. It, they'll only be good in the summer, but they really, really kill the noise, and you're you're out just a couple hundred bucks to give it a try. so that that'd be where I'd start. The other place I'd start is maybe take a look later down the line at buying the Pella triple glaze windows it's going to do a lot for killing all that noise i appreciate it but there's nothing more aggravating than living next to a noisy street we've got rusty tony and keith online and an open line for you at one 767 4348 we get back it's back to the phones Easy listening Saturday morning here at Rosie on the House. Music courtesy of Gary D. You great connected choice.
3: That, I was going to say, you connected that patio pal from Phoenix Manufacturing yesterday at the office, and I walked under the uh, carport. I could not believe how cool it was.
0: <laughs> we're c- we're going to be able to put it to a good test here this next week, aren't we? Can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. What a great concept. All right, let's get back to the phones. Let's see if we can... Bring Rusty into the conversation. We've got Tony and Keith on hold. And an open line, if you'd like to sneak in, now's your chance. one Good morning, Rusty.
3: Good morning, guys. Hey, I was listening to your APS uh, spiel there, and I was looking at my bill here. 898 kilowatts for the 30 days. 138.74 was what the bill is. So that's 15.44 cents per watt on the SabreMax Choice. So I've got a 3,300-square-foot 3, house with a 40,000-gallon uh, pool, and I'm only running about, I think it's 2,000 watts of solar right now.
0: I was going so to say. Yeah. We're getting
3: ready to add another uh, 12,000 watts of solar that we're installing ourselves. Okay. So my first question is, how do I lower my bill? And then also okay. my second question was, is I've got a Slack ninety one hundred SXT dual tank, eleven hundred uh, grain soft water unit, and our water is still just garbage. I mean, our sinks are starting to <laughs> rust, and we've only been there since June. It's uh, well water.
0: Where, where are you, Rusty? Okay. Okay, well, for for the water, I'm I'm gonna tell you to call All About Water uh, and have them do an analysis of what your softener is or isn't doing. All About Water. Um, uh, is the equipment we like to use. It solved problems for us on a well up in the White Mountains. You can find them at rosyonthehouse.com, where you can also find water treatment technologies to just excellent water specialists that could get dialed down to the specific problem you have. Now, when you told me you were consuming 800 kilowatt a month and your bill was 115 bucks for $0.15, cents, I thought, well... He's, he's in an apartment that's not very efficient. But then you told me you were in a 3,000-square-foot home, and then immediately I knew you had solar. You're, you're doing about as good a management of your power as you can, and the fact that you're getting ready to upgrade the panels, uh, you know, for the size home you're in, the fact you're only consuming 800, that's probably about ready to go down, with the uh, online addition of the new panels. Um, I I think in a 3,000 square foot home, a $100 bill, regardless of what you're paying per kilowatt, is gonna be about as good as you can get. So uh, we appreciate the call. Uh, You're doing fine. Uh, When I say people can get to 10 or 11 cents uh, in the new plan with APS, Uh, It's non-solar-assisted, but it is taking advantage of the off-peak consumption. You must change the way you buy power. Solar lets you just normalize it and ignore it. and it, it, It doesn't ignore it. You still manage your demand, but it lets you ignore it to a much higher degree. So congratulations. 3,000 square feet with a 40,000-gallon swimming pool with a bill of 115 bucks. I think you're doing pretty good. Let's go to Tony, who wants to talk about SRP. That's always a, a good question. Tony, good morning, and welcome to Rosie on the House.
3: Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, man. So I'm fairly new to the Valley, and okay. I'm not used to the different options we have with our SRP as far as uh, price ranges right. or price options. Um, I got a text from SRP saying that home – I'm sorry, summer time of use started in May. In, right. Yeah, in May. Right, right. Um, could you tell me if that would be my best option?
0: Yes. If you're willing to shift your consumption to off-peak, it is absolutely your best option. And SRP doesn't have the penalty that some of the other utilities have by dinging you on demand – they're just asking you just shift off peak. And if you do that, and, and if you can do that effectively, you can cut your bill by as much as 20 or 25% at SRP. And what we tell you, Tony, where would you move in from? Colorado. Okay. So um, this coming summer is going to be your first Arizona summer?
3: No, actually, I'm sorry. I've been over here just over a year, so I had last summer, and that's kind of what freaked me
0: out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Tony, here's here's the the game we play. Uh, we tell people, look, find out when your time of use is, when you're being charged on peak power, and when you're being charged off peak power. You have to adjust your power consumption to maximize all of your power off peak. So what we tell people is when you hit off-peak, whether you're at SRP, you're on the Easy 3 or the Empower or the time of use, whichever plan you're on, when you go off-peak, ask your air conditioner to take your house as cold as you can stand it, even in the middle of the summer. Here's an example, and and many people, Tony, have to hear this four or five years before they believe me enough to try it, when they finally try it, they say, wow, it, it kills me to think all the money I spent not doing this. At my house, not a giant house, it's 2,600 square feet, I ask my thermostat to take my air condition inside the house to 68 degrees off peak. And then I let my house shift to as high as 78 on peak. That lets my house sleep. The entire on peak period. I consume 90% of my monthly power off peak. So my neighbor with the same size house has bills of $450, $500, and $600 July, August, and September. My bills are $200, $205, $210, and I'm consuming about 26 to 2700 total kilowatt hours every single month so you are staggering and shifting your purchase of power to off peak that's how you get down to 10 and 11 cents per kilowatt on your monthly bill all right we appreciate the call Let's see if we can get to Michael Maricopa. We're going to change the subject up here a little bit down to Maricopa, Arizona. Michael, good morning. Good morning, sir. And hey,
3: thanks for uh, what you and your family do there. Awesome work. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks, man. We enjoy doing it. We really do. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Okay, so I live here in Maricopa. My backyard looks like southern Afghanistan. And
0: I want to, so it's
3: like flat dirt. Um, I want to start doing uh, landscaping, maybe some grass, maybe some rock uh, pavers, all that kind of good stuff, maybe a gazebo. What do you suggest for prep? I mean, how deep do I need to go? What do I fill in? Do I need to put gravel? Or do I need to put sand?
0: Yeah, it all all depends what you, you know, you're going to come up with a master plan. Where's the gazebo? Where's the lawn area? Where's the gravel area? Where's the garden area? Is that a raised planter garden? Is it a flat level garden? Come up with the master plan. Any place you're going to put turf, if you're going to put real turf, you're going to have to go down a good 8 to 12 inches, churn it up real good, rototill it, add a bunch of organic material and basic fertilizer, and you can either seed it or you can just roll it out in the, in the tiff. Or I can tell you that there are a lot of people going with the artificial turf now, and we like a particular brand in particular called Easy Turf because it drains so well. One thing people forget about in the, in the artificial turf is sanitation. If your if you're dogs and animals like to use that area for their bathroom (laughs) Uh, you like to have a grade of turf that can easily be power washed or or rinsed off and you want to make sure it drains very well that's one of the reasons we like the easy turf product specifically but i'll tell you we're 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 seeing in our master plan landscape for the homes we're remodeling we're seeing as much artificial turf going in now as real turf, so it's something to consider. As Where you're going to go with the gravel, the only thing I can tell you is never put plastic down. If you've got a blank backyard that isn't weed-infested, you can probably just go down with about two inches of three-quarter minus decomposed granite and spot-treat the weeds that come up with a, a, a Durazone.
3: Nice, nice. Now, as far as the artificial turf, what about summertime? How hot will it get? It
0: does Get hot,
1: Romy. But how often are you standing out on your lawn in the middle of summertime? Yeah. yeah. Artificial well, or natural? It, it, it's hotter it than— It doesn't look
3: like Afghanistan. I like to be out there every
0: day. It's hotter than tiff, natural tiff, <laughs> tiff, but it's not as hot as cool deck or, or decomposed granite, you know. Okay. All right? And a lot of times we tell people, keep your sprinkler system. Where you're putting the artificial turf. It's a great way to just rinse it out and keep it clean from the birds flying overhead, from your dogs going out there and using it. You know, just just turn the sprinklers on for an hour once a week and just rinse it off really good. I and don't like, know why the high schools all went to artificial turf. A the, lot
1: of them, I, you'll see it switch back.
0: Uh, I mean, the kids are, when they first start training in the fall in August, they're doing twice a day's. All the linemen are throwing up on it. <laughs> you've, got, you've, got, you've got bloody noses bleeding all over it the first couple of games. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, is, does some of that help, Michael? Yes, it does. Thank you, gentlemen. I okay. appreciate it very Okay, man. Well, we we appreciate you. We appreciate you reaching in and reaching us at one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. 767 4348
1: And like Mark said from Easy Turf when he was in last week, when you do your sprinklers – do it on the perimeter. If you ever have to fix that water leak, you don't have to roll up your turf to get to that water leak. Touché. Do thanks, it, man. Do it on the exterior. You know, Michael, it's it's not a fun expense a lot of times, um, but this, this is where a landscape architect yes. can really pay off Make long-term. Make it pop. Make it pop. Because – you can phase your landscape very easily. You can do it in projects as you can afford it or as you, has, as you have time. Having that complete design you're working to will save you in the long run and, as opposed to piecing it together as you go. Because you'll get to one spot and you're like, oh, I wish I did that or, oh, I didn't think about this or, oh, gosh, that was a mistake. Investing in that plan to work off of, you know, nobody likes to do it. Because you, you, you don't have anything to show for it yet. We all want to get started and have something to show for it. We want to get started and enjoy it. We want to get started and, and have this. Well, have a plan, follow the plan, and, and a landscape architect can help you. So that would, that would be my, my biggest thing is, is invest in the plan and, and over infrastructure, you know, on your water lines, on your, le- on your electric, a- anything that's going underground. Oversize it and double it up.
0: It's a Saturday morning tradition, Rosie on the House. It's where we throw the doors open to my house. We invite you in to come in. Gary D will entertain us with a little great lighthearted music. We'll melt away your anxieties and fears if you've got high blood pressure like the bus driver from New York City and you just want to just relax and calm down, then you come in to my house, Rosie on the House, every single Saturday morning. All right, let's bring Ron into the conversation. He's calling from Surprise, Arizona with an issue on concrete.
2: Rosie and Romy, thanks for taking my call.
0: You betcha, man.
2: Okay, I have two concrete questions about concrete. Um, The first, probably the easier of the two, I've noticed that some people uh, in my neighborhood have been caulking the space between the concrete squares on their driveway. And I wanted to know what's the story uh, with this, and is it necessary?
0: It's not necessary. Um, In some situations where we've poured a concrete slab over expansive soil, the moisture getting in there creates a heave where the panels of concrete actually start getting lifted up. Surprise isn't one of the areas that we have a big bad problem of expansive soils, uh, but keeping the moisture out uh, is one reason they do it. The other reason they do it is hosing it off, and and it it creates a little less area for crickets to harbor and live in. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. Okay. Um, so it, it, it's not a bad idea to go ahead and caulk it. It won't hurt anything.
2: Okay. Um, second question. Uh, when I moved in 16 years ago, I had a patio that consisted of four concrete squares. Okay. Over the years, I added additional concrete uh, to make the patio longer, but Good. not the same, I guess, quality or type. The original concrete is gray in color. Uh, I also have a – it's screened in, so there are concrete blocks along the edge of the concrete. Uh, Now, I've noticed in the portion um, of the the original concrete by the edge, the color is changing, and little pieces of the concrete seem to be chipping off, so I have uh, irregular little spaces on top, not a whole lot. Um, and I wanted to know what can I do with this, if anything.
0: Well, is there a, a landscaping just outside the wall there that's getting moisture? That sounds like a moisture-related concrete problem.
2: Uh, well, there was landscaping, but not directly outside. I would say it's about three to four feet
0: away. And the and these. Chipping off pieces are just the top cream of the concrete, and it's exposing the aggregate below, or is it big blocks?
2: No, it's not big blocks. Yeah. It's what you said originally, the yeah. first thing.
0: Okay, and how old is that concrete? 16 years old. Yeah, well, okay, well, we're not going to be able to do much with it. Okay. Um, uh, and And that's the oldest concrete, or is that the newer concrete?
2: No, that's the oldest concrete.
0: And then the newer concrete is how old?
2: Concrete probably is about um, uh, 12 years old.
0: Okay. All right. So it's all been down long enough. It's totally hydrated. It's totally cured out. What you have is what you're always going to have. The fact that some of it is spalling off the top means I would bet that the slab was poured in the middle of the summer, A little bit later in the day, we back pour patios many times after we pour the main slab. We've got a little bit uh, extra in the truck or we've ordered enough to pour the next house and it's gotten too hot and too windy, so we've got a concrete truck here. We've got to do something with it. We're going to pour this back patio. We pour the back patio. It's exposed to a warm drafting wind over the top of it, and the top cream of the concrete never really cures and binds with the aggregate below it. That's why we have a lot of spalling sidewalks and patios in the desert floor, Phoenix, Casa Grande, Tucson area. The concrete was poured too late on a summer day, and the warm wind sucked the moisture out before the cement could cure and hydrate and form its maximum strength. One option you might consider, Ron is we love pavers, okay? They make a paver that will go on top of that concrete. It's a thinner paver made just specifically for overlaying. And you could overlay that gray concrete, that gray, boring, cracking concrete, and create a really, really handsome floor with the overlay paver from Belgard. All right? With that, we've got all the lines cleared. We're moving into our final hour of Rosie on the House. And if you want to get online, now be the chance to get to. And next hour, the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking about my favorite room in the house, the garage.